Welcome to the Wildlands. I'm Matt. And I'm David. And on today's episode, we'll be talking about the ins and outs of setting up your first tree stand, as well as urban wildlife, the new neighbor. And make sure to stay tuned till the end of the episode, where we'll give you our insight on the product of the day. So let's jump right into it. All right. So as mentioned, this is uh, episode number eight, but we have two topics today. And topic number one is brought to you by West End Sports. Northeastern New Brunswick's five-star Yamaha dealer, where you are sure to find something that revs your heart. So in topic number one, the ins and outs of setting up your first tree stand. And what do we mean by that, Matt? Well, this one here is actually brought into context from uh, a call you gave me earlier today, <laughs> yep. uh, where you uh, you asked me about, you know, setting up a bear stand possibly on, uh, on the land back where you're at. Uh, you were out there on a walk, yes. I believe, last evening with the dogs. Yes. And uh, you found something that kind of got your curiosity going. Yeah, it, it, and this we'll actually elaborate a little bit more on this one on uh, topic number two, which ties into topic number two. As exactly. Well. But uh, no, it, it led to the decision of me building my first tree stand. Um, obviously, I do not have the experience uh, like your your father does or that you do of building those. Mm-hmm. Uh, however, I uh, just went all out and, you know, found a few things that were handy all around, was able to build a couple little makeshift ladders and so on and so forth. But no, I, I found, you know, as as mentioned prior to, obviously, it was to get some information on, you know, like your setup, your layout, your, not just the tree stand, but, you know, what you got to look for when you put your tree stand up. To kind of make sure that you get your good lane going, um, and you know, there's there's a bunch of things that I I wasn't too sure if I was doing it right. Uh, That's right, and I mean, you know, there are so many factors that comes into this, and when we say building your own tree stand, I mean where we are at right now uh, on on your own land. Uh, I know some states do not allow it, and some provinces do not allow it, or on public land they do not allow it either. Yep. But we can, on private land, we can uh, build our, like, a permanent stand. Mm-hmm. Meaning, you know, make yourself a platform. Technically building yourself a treehouse, right? Yeah, exactly. But whether you're doing that or you're putting up a ladder stand or you're putting up a tower stand or a climber stand or anything, like we talked about in an episode in Season 2, I believe, when we went over a lot of the different stands. Or was it Season 3? I think it was beginning of Season 3 that we talked about this. Okay. Yep. But we went over all different types of stands and, you know, we kind of covered it really fast. Um, but now that you're looking into this, like you mentioned, you know, you want to know your shooting lane, uh, your sunset, your sunrise, mm-hmm. uh, and where we're talking about, uh, cause we didn't mention that you're talking about setting up a bear stand, right? Yep. So you want to, you want to look for, for obvious other signs. I mean, yeah, wouldn't it be great to find the game trail right away and say, okay, I'm setting up right next to this. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that would be that would be awesome. Um, but with bear hunting for us, uh, as some of you know, we can set up bait stations. So that kind of gets a little pushed aside. I mean, they will come naturally yeah. to a bait station. It, it helps, um, though, to have the it, game it, trails oh, around. Of course, I mean... If you can get anywhere close to them, you just save that trouble. Yeah, exactly. But one thing for setting up a bear stand, and I mean, I remember my father telling me this, and it stuck with me because it's something we look for. Um, you know, bears in hibernation, right? Yep. 
they come out of hibernation like here i mean you know eight feet of snow right mm-hmm. what is the first thing they want to do when they wake up they want to eat where's the first place that you will find you know food a food source mm-hmm. or or i shouldn't say that not necessarily just eat is they wake up they want to eat and drink yeah so in the spring all the little brooks and everything are the first things that are over there. Yeah. So if you're lucky enough to have a nice brook where you're at, you know, flowing water, mm-hmm. for spring bear, I mean, I would set up as it's close like as possible to, I'd, I'd set up as close as possible to a brook if I have it yeah. in the vicinity Yeah. No. of where That's I want to hunt. That would be my number one. And again, like we mentioned, are you archery hunting? Are you rifle hunting? Are yeah. you shotgun hunting? Um, you know, your distance to your bait station or your distance to your game trail. Yeah. Um, the direction you're going to be walking in from will influence your stand location. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, you got to you gotta think about those things. Uh, not only to make, I mean, if you don't want to be crossing the game trail and putting your scent there between you and where the animals are going to be coming in, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, there's there's quite a few factors there and again when it comes to whitetail hunting when it comes to moose hunting it, there's a few things that are different uh especially scent wise i mean you know bears are, are coming into a bait station yeah they're not you know coming in necessarily to calls as other animals are mm-hmm. so you got to consider that the scent factor may play less of a role on a bear stand than it would at a deer stand True. But in this case, we'll, you know, you're, you're looking to set up a bear stand. So, yeah. um, no, I'm looking to set up, like you say, a bear stand. And, and the thing is, is it's, this is pretty much new territory for me, uh, in terms of where I'm at as well. Um, yeah, that, yeah, that's right too. To you know, visualize it's, it's, everything and whatnot. Yeah. Uh, and as mentioned before, this is actually going to fall a lot into our second, um, mm-hmm. our second topic and to the reason why I decided to do this. Um, but no, like, I mean, obviously the listeners, you guys can't, you know, visualize a little bit of what I, I'm talking about, but Matt, I mean, you saw the photo that I sent you Yes. of this situation. Like, let's say the, the, the layout of what I had up till now, you have like a natural shooting lane. Exactly. Uh, which means yeah you kind of got to set up around that compared to if you'd be cutting yourself a shooting lane exactly that's and the thing is is like where i how i stumbled onto this lane Mm -hmm. was in fact because there was a bunch of game trails that were just crisscrossing all over the place in there okay and they're like this is another question is because this is a bear place there was a lot of moose activity there like mm-hmm. there is moose prints everywhere on on like the 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 side by side trail or the four wheeler trail that was there. Okay. That's kind of like an old side, like four wheeler trail. And then there's like this kind of like pad that was laid out and there was a bunch of there's a swamp on one side of the road and then on the other side of the road it's the woods, right? Okay. So obviously the moose were kind of um, probably hanging out around there to cool off during the hotter weather. Mm-hmm. going to the swamp side but 
game trails there was like game trails all over the place all around like what you see in that shooting lane like the, all around there in the like just on the outskirts of those trees there are game trails that are crisscrossing and you can see that they're they're well used <laughs> okay so this is what my question was is that if i were to set up for bear there mm-hmm. do you think that it would be too much traffic for the bear i i don't think so uh, I mean, there's there's really only one way to find out. I mean, do you have two moose that are walking around all the time, you know, using same trail or alternating a little bit? Or do you have a huge population of moose and, you know, a, a good herd of deer and a good, herd, a good group of bears in there? Like, how saturated is the area yeah. will probably influence a lot on... The nervousness or the willingness to come into your bait station yeah that's for sure absolutely but uh again with with bear hunting with a bait with a bait station um you know i always said the belly rules on a bear yeah. if he's hungry he's coming in if so. he's hungry he's gonna he's gonna want to come in it regardless that's right now, exactly the uh, one of the big questions that i had is the height how high should i be mm-hmm. off the ground well, <clears throat> excuse me. You know, most ladder stands, uh, I've had some between, I believe it's like 14 and 17 feet. I've seen both different heights. On I'm talking about ladder stands. Now, our, our bear stands that we build, I mean, you've seen them. And I'm, I know we have some that range anywhere between, you know, 11, 12 feet to probably somewhere around 14 as well off the ground. Okay. Um, you know, and I'm, I'm thinking for some reason, I remember some being higher than that. Okay. Cause I'm remember, I'm rem- remembering the, uh, the ladders we built when we, uh, we used to like, you know, splice some, some two by fours together to, to go up. So let's say you had eight foot two by fours yeah, and you're splicing them together. So you got, you know, 16 feet up at the end of the ladder. Um, but yeah, no, uh, again, bear i mean you were out there i don't know if you had any bears look right up at you in the stand like they know you're there oh yeah or they have a they have a pretty darn good idea or they think you're there anyway mm-hmm. um it's not like again deer hunting i remember i went to uh to kansas and i those were the highest stands i've ever seen like they buy extra um ladder stand sections extensions yeah yeah like I mean, you were high up, and they said that the deer walked around with their head up, and they were looking in the trees, and I was like, come on. And sure enough, <laughs> I mean, we were super high, and these deer are literally looking up in the trees. Like they, it's, I felt like they were trained to be looking for us. Yeah. But uh, for bear, I would say, you know, anywhere 12 to 16, you're, you'd be. And, and my father's probably going to say, oh, you're good at 10, I'm, I'm guessing. Yeah. Okay. Uh, you know, he's probably going to say somewhere between 10 and 10 and 16. 10 and 16 for that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that, that would make sense. Uh, to what I remember of the last, uh, well, of when I went, I, I mm-hmm. think it was probably around like between 10 and 12 feet that we were up. Yeah, I'm guessing that one, that's, I know that stand, and I'm saying probably somewhere around 12 on that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, definitely for sure. And now in terms of material-wise, mm-hmm. like, what I 
was able to scrounge up. Obviously, I found some. I went and got some two by sixes, got some two by fours. Uh, mm-hmm. I've also got some, uh, you know, you know, pine logs and, and stuff like that, like some good four inch pine yeah. logs. Uh, yeah. And then I went and got myself some spikes to be mm-hmm. able to, you know, build the the foundation, the frame of it, and everything like that. With obviously the ladder, I was actually I was fortunate enough to find a ladder that was already built, wooden ladder. Why oh, not do that's not bad. Yeah. Uh-huh. So I only have to create a certain section that will be, you know, makeshift, but the rest of it will be, you know, feasible and yeah. easily done. And obviously, like, as you've seen, even though I had that natural lane, I do not have mm-hmm. necessarily a tree or anything that I can put the bait station at I like there's no. Okay. There's no necessarily like area because I know like, for instance, your, your, your dad, what he does is. He practically wedges it between two trees, right? Uh, as much as possible. As much as possible. Like, he wedges it down. Now, the thing is, is there's not very many large trees that are around there. And and actually, the only larger trees that I found were the two that I was going to be able to to use for the <laughs> stand itself. Okay. And uh, so, like, my lane is there. What I have in front are not very large trees. There are the pine trees to the right of the photo. But they're only about, like, 10 feet away from me. Okay. So ne- not necessarily, you know, like, my lane would be literally right in my face. Yeah. I don't know if that would be too close for it to be. Effective. I mean, obviously, it's, I mean, you got to think about your angle. You know, yeah, exactly. as well as I do, um, angle comes into play a lot. Yep. Uh, especially especially with archery shots. Yep. Um, I mean, they, they always come in, in to play with any shot. Yep. For sure, but uh, archery has a lot more to play with it. Um, when it comes to calculating, like or or visualizing your shot, you always have to think where the arrow or your your bullet will be exiting. Meaning, you know, if you're shooting on one side and you have a very steep angle and he's broadside, and you're placing your shot on the entry side exactly where you want it to go, you're probably going to undershoot. If the angle is very steep, okay. Uh, because I mean, what is it the the triangulation? I mean, we use those formulas at work all the time. Yep. Yeah. yeah. But uh, <laughs> you know what I mean. No. I when your your angle is going to be down, uh, you risk you risk having a very low shot. Um, if you're, uh, you know, if you practice those, I always would say recommend practicing those shots as much as you can build Absolutely. yourself either a little stand in your yard or shoot up you know if, let's say if you have a, a 3d target and you can climb up on a deck mm-hmm. and shoot downwards you're going to notice very quickly uh what you have to compensate and and how to compensate for it at the distance that, um, that you set your your bait station at yeah exactly but again you know uh well, you've seen the well, you've seen a couple of the stands because last fall you hunted out of some different ones, mm-hmm. and the shots always range somewhere between you know seventeen to twenty, twenty-two yards maybe. Yep. Uh, which is you know perfect at a twelve-foot height. At that distance away, your angle is is, I mean, it's not shallow, but it's not steep as well. Mm-hmm. It's comfortable. Uh, you have very little preparation to do or compensation to do to necessarily get your 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 good shot or yeah. your ethical shot. Not too much um, compensation to negate the drop of the yes, arrow. Yes, 
Exactly, that's what I'm saying. Yep. Like, well, it's your. It's well, not it's, the drop of the, the arrow. Angle. It's the exit. It's yeah. the exit side that you want to make sure that you're, you're yeah. you know, hitting good. Yeah. Um. So yeah, definitely. I mean, I would put it as close to twenty yards away as I can. Okay. Um. If you're if you're planning on archery hunting over there. Yeah. Um. But I mean, at rifle, goes go anywhere you want, really. But. Yeah. So if you were to say, let's say, if I'm to put the bait station in the middle of that shooting lane Mm -hmm. and I'm at 20 yards away, there's no tree Mm -hmm. that I can anchor it down to, Mm -hmm. what would you do? I wouldn't put it there. You wouldn't put it there. (laughs) No, because what's going to happen is that, you know, if let's say, you know, some... I you see those videos all the time. They they set up a bait station, and they kind of just put a pile of stuff as their bait. Yeah, you can't. It okay. Wait a second. Let's say if that's the only option you got. Yeah, it's gonna make things interesting because that bear will have to come in and present itself according to what you can shoot at. Yeah, where you know with the base stations that we have with barrels or well ours are all barrels but you see some that have different setups yeah you're you're pretty much making sure that the bear can only eat at the bait station giving you a clean shot yes so is it is it giving the animal a fairer chance or a better chance of course it is is it making it more difficult and more challenging for you of course it is okay it's Still would be, you know, uh, a great way to hunt. Uh, if you're not out there necessarily to to be at, you know, like we're not any kind of trophy hunters. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, we will eat what we harvest. And, you know, I know you don't depend on having that meat, but if you were to do it that way and the shot presents itself and you get to take it, and it was really totally random and it wasn't like planned of going in there, mm-hmm. I'd find that pretty cool. But uh, you have to consider that there's a very large chance that that bear could, you could sit there for five nights and the bear would be face on to you every time. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, it's it's the I'd positioning, say, right? It's the exactly. setup to pos- for success on the positioning. That's right. It it all depends on, on how you see that being what kind of hunt you want to do out of that. Yeah. Uh, the advantage of having a ladder stand would be if you notice that the bear is always coming in from one game trail after a week of hunting. Yeah. And you know he's always coming in facing you. Well, you move the stand to the side and then, you know, leave it there for a little little while, let the bear get used to it, then sit in the stand and hope he still comes in the same way he was coming in before. Yeah. All right. Hmm? No, for sure. Um, I'm just trying to think of where I could put that. That's, uh, I might and, and you know, don't... go scout out a little bit tomorrow too, a little bit further down yeah. deep uh, into the uh, the area, just to see if I of can course, find I mean, something a little bit more feasible. Well, that's right, because I mean, you you do have the natural shooting lane there, but yep. if that's not your best spot, you know, sh- create your own shooting lane. Create my own, yeah. You know, obviously that's that would be your your ideal situation but uh and don't forget like i mentioned before 
you're you know you you don't want to have the the sunset right in your eyes at your bait station at that time of year yeah because then you're trying to look through your scope or your bow sight and you got the you know sun the the seven thirty eight o'clock sunset going down glaring down or it could be the same you. thing if same thing if you're going to be on a morning hunt yeah and you're and you know you got the sun in your face for that and it also causes you don't want the sun behind you because then you're going to stick out like a sore thumb in the middle of the woods <laughs> yeah. with the sun behind you you know standing up in your stand so yeah things things to consider for sure things to look for yep interesting now in terms of uh camouflage natural yeah. camouflage what would you say works best to just kind of drape over that just to you know because obviously the stands that i've been in yeah you guys make like kind of like a makeshift little ball that's around there yep um what would you say just use regular foliage that's around if you take pine trees or whatever the pine branches that you you trim or whatever you just kind of lay them on top or yeah i mean i remember doing it strictly with that and then we started putting like uh it's like i remember using it it's uh i want geotextile um fabric okay okay yeah, like yeah. technically it's the stuff you'd put like in uh in flower in flower beds to uh stop the weeds from growing yeah uh you know it's black you just wrap that around that takes away the 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 big movements from inside okay and then on the outside of that then you would put some some branches and stuff to just break up the big black spot that's in the tree yeah yeah absolutely yeah definitely that would be a, an important one an important one would you say mm -hmm. that even if you just had a platform without any walls you're still okay or would you suggest the wall i would suggest the wall for the simple fact especially if you're bow hunting where you're gonna have to stand up yeah and you're gonna well not have to but way easier uh, i find it easier to i still have a hard time shoot sitting down yeah. i know people that do it i just have a really hard time doing it yeah um so yeah definitely i would suggest having something solid around there to uh you know if you're going through your pack to get a snack while you're up in the stand yeah or you're getting th turning on your thermocell or just you know have to move because you're uncomfortable it just takes that little bit of movement out of there so uh out of for the sure equation. Yeah. Perfect. All right. So with that, another another pro tip, another pro tip that is actually pretty good there, is if you have yourself an old carpet. Really. Uh, put a piece of carpet under your chair and on, oh, the, on the top yeah. decking. Stop your noise. Stop the noise of the chair moving around. Yeah. <laughs> and your boots or anything you drop onto the uh, onto the wood. I didn't think of that. Would be an that's idea actually there. a pretty good yep. idea. Yep. Done deal. All right. So with that said for topic number one now setting up your own your very first tree stand uh, we did give mostly a lot of info on what my tree stand is going to be like yeah but we also gave a lot of tips uh, in terms of lighting where the sun goes up where the sun goes down what to look for when it, in terms of a shooting lane uh, also mm -hmm. uh, you know height height uh, mm -hmm. different type of materials to use and everything like that so take it all to heart you know, the, the information that we've given. Um, many of you probably already know how to make your own tree stand or whatnot, but I mean, this is really for those that, like myself, have never done it before, and I'm doing it now. <laughs> there you go. Which, once again, will tie into topic number two that we are jumping right into now. And topic number two is brought to you by Little River Polyculture. 
where you're sure to find a delicious variety of microgreens and baby greens for all your meal prep needs. So yeah, so topic two is urban wildlife, the new neighbor. And, you know, like you were saying, it ties into your number one for you because your stand that you're looking to build is pretty much in your backyard. (laughs) It's it's close to the backyard, but it's far into the woods. <laughs> exactly, that's what I mean. Yeah, uh, you know, I went, by I went backyard. Further, I'm talking about yeah on your own land. Exactly. Uh, I went further than the area of uh, of contact. Let's say, and, and yeah. pretty much it stems out to. Uh, <coughs> sorry, it pretty much stems out to uh, yesterday, where mm-hmm. uh, my girlfriend and I we decided to go out for a walk with the dogs. Uh, just in the backyard, we have a trail that follows off into the to the backyard for quite a few acres, um, and almost, actually, not far from the entryway, uh, we started seeing a bunch of bear scat. That okay. was a bunch of places that are around there. Now we are aware that there are wild uh, blueberries that are around that area, and right now we're pretty much into full blast blueberry season. Well, we're early on it, but it's it's getting it's there. Starting, yeah, it's starting. Yep. Uh, and us having two dogs that we let you know, since we know that there's not anybody that really walks in the backyard over here, well, in on the land, uh, we let the dogs loose, you know, run out. Yeah. Now, uh, my girlfriend, uh, being that she's lived here for quite some years. It's actually the first time in almost four years that she's actually ever seen any bear scats in the woods behind here. Uh, okay. We, she's never noticed any before. Uh, and actually, I mean, even that, there's a lot of wildlife that has started to pick up behind here that weren't here before, like moose and whatnot. Okay. So... Uh, no, it led me to the decision that, uh, well, first off, it led me to the first decision, uh, which is I got to figure out what's back there. Um, yep. So I decided to, yes, I want to make a tree stand and all that. Put up, an, I want to put up a, a hunting camera so that uh, I'm capable of at least deducting what is behind there. If it's a mm-hmm. large male, if it's a female with two cubs or, or one cub, whatever. Um, yep. You know, these are all deciding factors on, uh, for this autumn, uh, you know, well, this autumn, this fall. This fall. Yeah. That was like, yeah. Yeah. Autumn nice fall. one. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, no, it will, uh, it will give me, you know, a better insight on what, uh, what may happen this fall. Uh, of course. Especially, I mean, it's not just for, oh, it's a hunting trip this fall. Uh, it's mainly because since we do let the dogs go out ahead of us almost every mm-hmm. single time, I mean, we know that a bear is scared of, of a lot of things and most likely would be scared of us. Even when we enter into the woods, if they hear us That's coming, right. they're going to run away. Now That's the, right. the different side about it though, is a dog will probably not run away though. <laughs> That's it. Dog will run after it. The dog More will like probably it. run after it. And if it gets cornered, well, you might end up with an injured dog. That's right. Um, and as much as having an injured bear, I mean, yes, you know, you don't want to injure wildlife unnecessarily, but you don't want to end up with either a veterinarian bill, a veterinary bill. <laughs> That's right. Uh, or, you know, uh, a deceased dog. 
That's right. Because of, of inaction. Um, yep. Now, the thing is, too, with that is, again, it ties in a bit to my decision, that if it is a mother with cubs, well, then it will give us the decision that we, it'll, you know, influence our decision of not walking behind there without a leash, right? <laughs> yeah, definitely. Uh, because uh, you don't want to stumble upon one of those. <laughs> no. You don't want to get between those. Yeah, exactly. You don't want to get between them. Yeah. Um, so definitely, I mean, Matt, I know that you have like, you know, we've talked about this before and you have experience, especially because a lot of people will probably say, well, contact the DNR. Yeah. Have them deal with it, trap the bear or whatever. Mm-hmm. And you have some experience with that situation, don't you? Well, yeah, like, see, you guys, you know, we're talking about urban wildlife. I mean, you guys, yeah, okay, you're... You're urban, it's still in your in your backyard still or backyard. on a, you know, a property that is still pretty close to a, a residential area. Yep. A ru- a rural residential area is pretty much where you're at. Yep. Right? If I'm not mistaken, you're like not in a city or a town. Yeah, we're not in you a know, city. Like, it's just Yes, there are houses in proximity and, and whatnot. It's, yes. This trail is mainly a trail that that we've been walking well that Obviously, my girlfriend has been walking quite regularly since yeah. the roads are very fast passing and, and all that with vehicles. Yes. So it's mm-hmm. it's a safer decision to go out in the backyard and walk that trail back than to walk alongside the road. That's right. But where my uh, urbanness, if that's even a word, yeah, yeah. urbanness. Yeah, the urbanness of, of, you know, my situation yes. is I'm right in town, right? And that makes a big difference yep. with how I have to go about everything. I mean, um, I don't have a large piece of land. I don't have nothing. So like you mentioned, you know, calling your DNR. So last year, yep. last summer, um, unfortunately, we, we did have a bear problem. Um, I mean, they were, you know, tearing up uh, compost bins. They were tearing up garbage cans, uh you know, it, it got serious enough. Uh, I have two young kids. Uh, I have elderly neighbors that were worried about it. Um, so I did call the DNR and they came to check. And I mean, I know the DNR officers around here quite well. And um, I called them. They came to check. And unfortunately, the answer I got from them was not very, uh, or the help I got from them was not very helpful <laughs> being that it wasn't uh yeah it, w- it wasn't in favor of the it's, caller it's not just what it wasn't in favor it was more or less like the dnr was telling us that if we did not do our part they were not going to help and by by okay. doing our part i literally mean they told us that if we did not have our garbage cans inside or um, like he literally said, like everybody has to have their garbage cans in the garage. All right. That was criteria yeah. number one Yeah. to come and try to trap the bear or bears. Yeah. Um, okay. In That's fine. Case, yeah. Me and my neighbor have a garage you know, very willing and capable of putting the garbage can in the garage. All the other elderly yeah. neighbors that were around, 
uh, for one, have no garage. And two, even if they would have some type of shed or anything, it makes it quite difficult for them to haul their garbage can in and out of the garage. Uh, So I politely told them, you know, well, I can, my neighbors can't, you're not going to do nothing. And I was pretty much shot down uh, on wanting to help, wanting them to help in any, any way. Pretty much telling me that the wildlife, whether it's in town or not, we have to live with it. And I mean... Yeah. I understand that. I'm, I'm I'm very strong on, you know, wildlife is wildlife, and, and they were there before us, and, and we're encroaching on their land. But it also, yep. that's exactly why they're coming into town, because if we go not that far, and even within town, uh, yeah. they're clear-cutting a lot more uh, forests to, you know, build yep. or sell the wood or whatnot. And that's, that's bringing in, like I say, our new neighbors are the wildlife and it's on our own fault. I do understand we have to learn to live with yep. it. I do understand that it can cause problems and people can get nervous and, and scared. Um, you know, if you, if you, if you can't no, help them like you, but like I was mentioning to you a while ago, right now you might have one bear, but do you want to build a bait station where you're going to bring in a bunch of bears? Or do you just want to hunt yeah, yeah, that exactly. one bear and then, you know, it's done? You have to think about that as well when you're in an urban yeah. setting. <laughs> the repercussions yeah. of, of trying to figure out what's yes, there right exactly. now kind of thing. And, you know, it, it falls a little bit onto the category as well. As you say, because of uh, not industrialization, but the, the sheer fact of just cutting, you know, lots and lands mm-hmm. and so on, uh, so on and so forth kind of encroaches on on our situation mm-hmm. uh in rural or residential areas and in the prime example of that as i was saying earlier on is there's been many years that you know my girlfriend's lived here and there hasn't been that much activity of of wildlife in the area however this summer well this this spring uh they are clear cutting mm-hmm. further down you can you can hear the the chainsaws you can hear the you know and it's it's far. It's like, like I said, quite a ways away, and you can hear it okay. echoing through. Once again, I, I wouldn't be surprised if this is not repercussions of the wildlife from that area being pushed further oh. in or closer into our area, which is why we're seeing a lot more moose activity. We're seeing a lot more uh, fox activity, seeing a lot more bear activity than what there was before. I guarantee you that that's what it is. I mean, yeah, and and. They have to find a place to go once they have well, nowhere course, else to go. Well, of course, what would you right? do if if you had nowhere to go? You would yeah. move on and, and try to find something, right? And I mean, we're you you know exactly probably why they're cutting on your way. Uh, it's becoming, yeah. in my opinion, a little bit of a problem. Uh, it's having effects on a lot of a lot of different areas uh, for wildlife. Uh, for the environment yep. in general, for the climate in general, um, you know, yep. put it this way. If you're out in the sun and you want to cool down, well, if you walk into the forest, the forest will automatically feel cooler, uh, you know. Yep. So if you're making these extremely large, open, clear-cutted areas, like, like I mean, acres upon yeah. acres upon acres, uh the wildlife yep. wants to do the same thing. They want to go into the wooded areas to stay cool. Uh, 
for protection yep. for food um so i mean it's it's an, it's i've i've talked to people that live down there and themselves find that the air is hotter in the summer like it the temperature yep. just rose like crazy uh in the past few years oh yeah and then in the winter i mean you got this vast wide open space for just the wind to pick up in in the snow and make these crazy mm. storms so i mean that has that effect on there but again that's yep. what's pushing that's what's bringing our new neighbors in is in part is that uh for sure and yeah. just the sheer easiness of again i mean a bear is going to come in he's going to smell your garbage can he's going to prefer eating what's in your garbage can than you know chomping down on some grass <laughs> that's just normal so yep. in another sense <laughs> if you do have wildlife problems i mean i do agree 100 percent. put all the chances on your side uh to keep them away mm -hmm. um you know before it gets the problem or even before you have any sense of them being there but in most sense yep. i can probably like even just last night I was coming back from fishing at the beach and I mean, you know, uh, the road leading up to the beach, full of houses everywhere, high traffic road. I mean, yeah, I deer hunt up here, uh, you know, way up in the woods and we very rarely see a deer and I almost hit one in town. Yeah. Like really? right in front of the campground. So, I mean, all right, th there's animals in town. There always has been, there always will be. Um, get used to it, live with it, and do your part yeah. on trying to reduce the effects of it. And you know, yeah, yeah pretty much. No, that's my sure. pretty much my opinion on it. Like, I know some people don't like it, but again, they were here before us. So, yeah, absolutely. All right. So, with that said, on topic number two, uh, how about we jump into the product of the day? Yeah, for sure. And I mean, this product is something that I've been looking into. For quite some time, uh, and well, I've been looking into this pretty much since I started sick of deer hunting. Um, yeah, because it would be great to have for that. Um, I well, you guys probably used uh, my father's version of this to bring out your bear, did you? Nope. The stretcher, or you just drug him? <laughs> drug him out? We we tied him on a stick and we drug him out. Okay, so. We're, what we're our product of the day is going to be uh, game carriers, or more yes. more in detail, a game cart. Uh, these are becoming more and more popular. Uh, you know, you don't have to bring your ATV in. Uh, you don't have to drag it through the mud or the you know difficulty of of pulling that in. Yeah. So the product that I'm going to uh, review or not review or recommend today is the Hawk Crawler Game Cart. Hawk being the brand, uh, I own some of their products in, in different, uh, they make tree stands, they make all kinds of stuff, but I do yep. own a, a few of their products. But the reason I like this game cart in particular is because it has like a walking beam style, like tandem axle, if you'd want, like there's, there's four okay. wheels on it instead of just two. So it's going to, okay. it's going to crawl over uh, rough terrain a little bit better. It's uh, yeah, with a little bit more yeah, facility. Well, that's it because I mean, your your yeah. your your two wheels on each side are working independently from each side, but together on yep. one side. Uh, it's foldable. It it comes down into a very you know small 
dimension ergonomic yeah definitely you know uh i'm trying to look folded dimensions you know it comes down to 31 inch by 42 inch which i mean wow okay that'll fit in in the box of any truck it'll fit in the trunk of a car probably uh you know yeah very good Absolutely. it's at uh, the weight rating on it is 500 pounds i mean for deer okay. and bear you're perfect uh it weighs itself 45 pounds which i mean you know you can probably get some lighter ones if you got a single wheel on there. But mm -hmm. I, I really do like the double wheel. It has a mesh, like, pocket in there. It looks like a big heavy-duty mesh pocket. Okay. So it's not just, like, you when you put whatever you want to put in there, it's not going to fall through. You're not going to have, like, a leg come through and kind of get jammed in. Um, get jammed in on, underneath or whatever. Yeah. And, you know, exactly. scuff I, up anything. I really, right? really like it. Uh, I'm looking at it right now on cabillas.ca, uh, which I'm sure you can get. You know, it, Hawk is a big enough brand. You can get that yeah. pretty much anywhere. On there, it has an overall rating of 4.3 stars. I mean, you know, there's a bunch of reviews. There's a bunch of, of different, you know, tips and tricks. Uh, some people are saying that there's little modifications that make it better. They're saying it's good, but okay. you can modify it to be a little bit better. By drilling a yep. hole to, to, you know, that mesh I was talking about, they say yep. that the original hole is has too much slack in it. But if you drill another hole, a quarter inch hole, you know, an inch and a half up, you can stretch that out more. And I mean, okay. what it's not necessary, but they're saying that they recommend it. All right. Um, okay. This in, in Canadian dollars is retailing for uh, $249.99, so $250. Um, that's not bad you know it's, it's not bad especially if really you want good. to be hunting on your own you know yeah. uh, solo hunter that wants to be able to pull out his gear he can have that in his truck in his side by side yeah. go into his stand uh, you know harvest an animal come back out get this cart go back in with the empty cart and get your animal on your own I've gotten calls often enough hey can you come help me get a bear can you come help help me get a deer uh, you know yeah. So with this, you, you just make, even if I would have one. Make things easier. If I would have one and you would call me, I would still bring my cart to go help you get it out. You know what I mean? And, <laughs> yeah, and absolutely. It, it would definitely be a game saver. But if anybody's in there looking for a way to get your game out and you're looking for a cart, I highly recommend the Hawk Crawler Game Cart. Cabela's.ca, retailing for two forty nine ninety nine. Perfect. All right. So with that said, and with our product of the day said as well, uh, that is a wrap up for episode number eight of season three. Uh, once again, I'd like to thank everybody on listening into our our podcast uh, to continuously listen into our podcast. Also, check out our Facebook page uh, for our last draw that we had. Uh, we did announce the winner uh, for the Moonshine Rod, the Vesper Moonshine Rod. Uh, on our last episode, episode 7, uh, we also uh, would like to thank our sponsors, uh, West End Sports as well as the Little River Polyculture, uh, for continuing to sponsor our episode, uh, our episodes as well as our show. Um, and again, I just really want to thank everybody out there uh, and to wish everybody to have really a safe time out there. And once again, we were talking about urban wildlife, the new neighbors, and, you know, kind of the, the repercussions of what it's causing right now, uh, as well as building your first stand. But once again, building your first stand, think about safety as well. 
Don't build something on something rickety or dead. That's right. <laughs> and uh, with that said, I just want to wish everybody a great day and uh, have a good one out there. We'll see each other soon enough. Cheers. Cheers, guys.